we bless your name tonight. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. We bless your name, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we appreciate you, Lord. We appreciate you. We thank you so much, Lord. Praise the wonderful name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Encourage your heart, we pray. And every one of us, Lord, here in this building and those listening over the year that have experienced some difficult times, difficult moments, whether it's sickness or whatever the situations may be, we ask for mercy that you'll reach down your hand. Lord, we can never survive one day without you. Lord, a special prayer today for our young people. Lord, we ask that you'll be merciful, O oh God. We know that there's so much out there that will pull their minds and attract their hearts, O oh God, away from you. But we pray, Lord, that you'll please protect every one of our children and our families, O oh God. Be with them, O oh Father. Push back the plans and the devices of the enemy. Lord, let your spirit undertake in every way. Bless our service to the anoint brother Singh with your Holy Spirit, O oh God, that his words would penetrate in our hearts and bring about a change. We ask it in Jesus' most precious and wonderful name, Lord, we give you thanks. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Please be seated. You want to say something? <laughs> brother Raleigh. Come and say something. Come and say something. Praise God. Those, that song this morning, he picked me up when I was down and set my feet on solid ground. Now, this solid ground, it's only his words and his promises. There's nothing else outside of that. So when you're singing the song, I'm singing this in accordance to his word and he picked me up why I couldn't pick myself up I had no choice in the say in coming here I had no choice in choosing to be a male or female had no say in the matter but now I'm here and in learning I'm trying to deal and cope and work with what's happening and what's going on and you know when 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 it says he picked me up you see, I've heard of the Lord. I've heard my parents, I've heard elderly people. I've, I've heard and I always wanted to have an experience for myself. So I was only going by in what, you know, what people are saying. But you see when it says he picked me up, you see when you ever have an encounter with Christ, it changes, it changes that first touch in having an encounter with Christ, it changes everything. So when it says he picks me up, I'm going back to the first time in having my encounter. And I know there's a process that we have to go through, that we have to be changed. But still I go back and I'm always remembering I was lost. And you see, when I, I have to be very careful now. I was lost and I had an experience, but yet still, there's a lot of ways still that needs to be changed. Do you see? 
So you could say, okay, you're, no, you're, you're, you're found, but yet really? Are you found? Do you see? Just because you have an experience, it doesn't mean everything is there. Because when you listen to the scriptures, um, it says, um, when he ascended on high, it, he gave gifts for the perfecting. And that's, that's us. So I'm here today to sit because there's a gift here. And it's going to work. And that gift that's going to work, it's going to perfect. That's what we're here for, to be perfected. What that means to be, to be made better from the state that we are in. And he said again, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do you see? So there's a transformation taking place. But I must say, um, it's not easy. You see, when, when the Lord was forming Adam, Adam was not there. When he was first making the body right he took dust and then he it, it says the body was formed but there was no life in the body as yet and then after he blowed the breath of and man became a living you know what as how adam was being made then you know we are being made now but the thing is we're not dead we're being processed while we're being alive and that process it's not easy see I wish I was Adam in that sense you know that when the body was being formed he wasn't there could you imagine if Adam was a was a like feeling when his arms was being put together when his legs was being put together could you imagine the pain that he would feel you know what we are being put together and such were some of you we're being washed we're being cleansed we're being put together until we come to the full st stature and this measurement which be in Christ you see this is a mindset that carries the body that carries everything and it takes it takes time look at what Job went through look at what he went through there was a measurement he was functioning at but yet God saw something much more where God wanted him and the process that Job had to go through it's like Adam being formed again he 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 dropped to the ground and he put dust on himself news coming from this direction news coming from that direction and aren't we troubled on every side job was troubled on every side but the end results he found out what god was doing god was forming and god was putting job in a state a mindset that later on when job was put in that new body he could move with that new mindset that full statue that god brought him into that's the reason why we're here. There's no other reason why I would come here. The only reason I'm here, there's a kingdom that's coming and God's going to use things. When Brother Singh gets here, you know, we figure no one knows what we're doing when we're by ourselves. No one knows. Brother Singh gives us the word and then we leave here. But I'm telling you something, God is working. God is working. Even when no one is around, God is working. I, Brother Singh, he, he touched on Simeon and I was listening and Simeon seemed to be just someone that was um, just simple yeah, ordinary just ordinary man I was just simple in the temple and I'm thinking if Jesus is coming in the, 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 the individual that was supposed to acknowledge that it's the one that's leading the um, 
the people, which is the high priest. You mean to tell me the Lord came in there and then they didn't understand? But here's a simple person that no one knew, maybe just shrugged off in the corner. And it wasn't by the Spirit of God he's able to recognize Christ, not by flesh, but by the Spirit of God. And then he made the statement, let thy servant depart in, 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 in peace. You see, I'm looking for something. I'm looking for something and it's not in this life. Listen, we're going to go. We're getting older. I'm, look, I'm looking in the mirror. My God, Brother Singh, when I was young, they used to tell me, oh, you look so cute. <laughs> Wait until I see you in the casket. <laughs> <laughs> see, we're, we're, no matter your dreams and your goal is it's in this life, it's going to go. But isn't it nice? We're singing this song. He picked me up when I was... Uh, down and this this solid ground my gosh it's good to know that the promises ahead the this solid ground it's there's a promise ahead and I am looking forward for that thank God to be here today thank God I just realized why Brother Singh wanted me to say something but um, in my heart, I'm very, very grateful to the Lord. You know, I recently came through, I was telling Cindy this morning, it was a really dark cloud lingering over me for a very long time. And, and the dark cloud is not that I didn't have the peace of God in my heart because I always do. And that's, that's the one thing, that's the stepping stone in my Christian walk with God. I always feel be, beyond the, the sickness and the troubles and the trials, there is that deep peace in my heart that gives me hope and faith to trust in Him. I just wanna say God was so good to me that I think, I think, I would like to believe that I have overcome something very dangerous in my life and it's only because of the goodness of God in my life and I, I think uh, you know I need to give God thanks for this you know I always can say so many things but um, I like what Brother Raleigh said today there is so much hopefulness I was telling Brother Singh during the week that um, I would really I, I know I'm not qualified to be in the bride of Christ but I would really like to be a celestial. I would like to be angelic. And it, it's, it's, you know, you wonder how do you get to be like that? Because that's what I would really like to be. And, um, you know, a lot of people said, oh, the kingdom, beautiful. The, 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 you know, you can't even find words to describe how beautiful the kingdom would be like. But as an angel, I can always go and sit by the lake and sit by the trees and, and watch everything that those in the kingdom is seeing. So I would really like to. And then I thought, oh, no, Singh, I can't make it. You know why? I don't understand all the seals and the trumpets and the vials. And that is one aspect of the scriptures that I don't really get all the time. I basically understand, but not deeply enough. And I thought, if I don't know that, I can't be angelic. I can't be celestial. And he said, no. He said, you can. You know, those things are not so earth, so necessary for us in our, our service to God. What God expects from us is prayerfulness, dedication, mm -hmm. choice of light instead yeah. of darkness, good instead of evil, love instead of hate, 
And if we would implement those things in our lives, we'll be okay, you know, and, and live for God and be a testimony. I would like to always be someone that you can call on at any time of the day or night and ask me to pray for you. And I would not feel hypocritical. I would not feel, oh God, no, you'll not answer me for what I just did. No, I always want to be in that spiritual realm that if you ask me to pray, that I can connect with the Lord and pray for you and feel that maybe God did something for you and me at that moment. And that's the kind of life I'm, I want to live. That's the focus of my life. And um, to all those in Fasside today, I just, I know you worry a lot about me, but I'm doing fine and I just love you all. In Rochester too, I know you're looking at me today, but um, you know, I'm always ready and willing to give God thanks for everything. Love you all, but. When we go into a store or into any medical facility and somebody says um, good morning and she's not around I said wait a minute let me see where my boss is and I call her my boss because Chandri she is very important and I've seen God work in her life over the years one battle after the other battle today I thank God for the service I thank God for the privilege he has given to us that we can have another service in the house of God. Well, <clears throat> this weekend is a fantastic weekend for people out there. Um, they call it the Gay Pride Parade today, right? The Gay Pride Parade. <clears throat> Sometimes things boggle my mind. I don't see what the word, why the word pride is used, but everyone is free to do whatever they want to do and say whatever they want to say. Um, I don't see why rainbow colors are used, but if that's what they want to do, then make themselves happy. Um, Pride weekend has nothing to do with the church. And the church should have nothing to do with Pride weekend. There are things that the city would accomplish and want to do that that's no interest to us. As children of God, your responsibility is to live godly and uh, pay your taxes, uh, be a citizen that will be respected in the community you're living in. Uh, if you have a family, make sure that you're a breadwinner. That's not leading your family into the ditch but you're leading your family right. Now, when I make statements, and today I'm standing up here, I had a lot of things to say, and um, Brother Sam quoted a scripture, quoted a state, make it a statement about chastening, and that was in my mind. Uh, Brother Raleigh got up here, and he talked about be not confirmed to this world. That's in my notes. And uh, yet when I rise up, I let the Lord touch my mind to say things that he would want me to say. Now, I'm not here to say things that would make everybody happy. As a matter of fact, 
Uh, there were times in my life, one time I was in England, and uh, they were having, you know, like in, in, I think Trafalgar Square, we were in Trafalgar Square, that's in London, right? And we were looking at things, you know, and and here was this man, he was like, a, he made himself like, I don't know what you call him, but he made himself like a statue, uh, colored himself just like marble, and he's standing like that, you know? And hundreds of people, maybe be three or four hundred people in that, in that square taking pictures. Until I went to take a picture of him. In the midst of the hundreds of people, when I took my camera to take a picture of him, my phone, he stopped and he came off that little pedestal. He says, I don't like you and don't take my picture. And I said, well, I don't like you too. Right? He didn't want his picture taken. But why did he choose me? Is it the first time? No, it's not the first time. I remember another time I was in, in Tampa. And church, uh, we had a, a, con a mini convention. Uh, service was over and all our ministers were gathered into Steak and Shake restaurant after church there was about eight of us at the table and when we were there sitting down ready to place our orders and stuff this lady came in through the door she came on in she didn't come i don't know she never ordered anything she just came on in and she looked wild and she walked over to the table where we were sitting and there were eight brothers. It's not that I'm better than anyone else. But um, she pointed her finger at me and says, You're the man. And the brothers start to laugh. Because she left all of them and pointed her finger and says, I'm the man. I said, brothers, don't laugh. She's possessed. If we were in Guyana, I'd already be casting demons out of her. I said, you see, the devil recognized that when you have truth and you have something about you that's of God, the devil would not like that. I say all of that to say this, that when I stand up to preach, I'll make some of you glad, some of you will be sad, and some of you will be mad. Because I'm not here to please you. I'm here to preach the Word of God, and it does that. The Word of God was responsible for the prophets being killed. The Word of God that Jesus preached was responsible for him being killed. And unlike Israel, and I say unlike Israel, when the Lord sent a prophet to the nation of Israel, he sent it to a godly, seemingly godly selected nation you understand what I'm saying they had laws that they should abide by and when they violated those laws a prophet was sent to warn them God would not send a prophet that from my perspective he would not send a prophet to preach against what's happening in the city this is an ungodly city this is not the nation of Israel. 
God sent me not to preach to this entire nation, and I've said that over and over again. He sent me to preach to you, my friend. What they're doing out there should not come in here. And I am not there condemning them. Let the word of God condemn them. Unlike the nation of Israel that God took out of Egypt physically, Egypt was not a godly nation. Egypt was an evil nation full of witchcraft and idolatry and pagan worship. When God took his people out of Egypt, he had to clean his people up. Took him 40 years. And God never does a hocus pocus. Oh no, he doesn't do that. He gives you the path. He says the wages of sin is the gift of God is eternal life. He knocks on your door. You have to open. And I've taken that approach in preaching the gospel. I preach the gospel. It's what you do with it that you're responsible for. I tell you over and over again things. And when you hear it, if it's the word of God, and I believe it is, what you do with what I preach is important. You can reject it, put a deaf ear to it, it's important. But as Sam told us this morning about chastisement, and God chastens us. Uh, I can say, well, Sister Chandra, I see God chasing you. I can say to Brother Sam, I see God chasing you. I can say to Sister Polly, my gosh, you're always with chasing. God really love you. Uh, you have, but I can turn that all around and say to myself, am I chastened? When I fell off that ladder, was God trying to tell me something? Did I hear? Yes, I did. When I've got, when I came back from Guyana, I've had all kinds of sicknesses. And it is so important to know, I might tell this congregation, is this congregation here? All right, are you all listening to me? I could not go to Des Moines because I could not sit in a position for half an hour to an hour without squirming and stretching my feet out. And uh, being there because I injured my knee and I sh my shoulder uh, from Guyana. And so I told Brother Glenn that um, I can't come because I'm injured. Um, does an ordinary injury keep me from a meeting? No. So when I say I can't come, I expect that to be told to the ministers and my fellow Christian ministers, fellowship in the body of Christ, they would call me. I said, Brother Singh, we're worried about you. I received three phone calls. One person that was not in the meeting, he called, a very beloved minister, a friend of mine, he called, he says, I'm not in the meeting, but I'm not seeing you, so I was wondering what's happening with you. So I told him, he says, well, me too, I have a situation that I'm not well at this point. And then two other brothers from the meeting called, and the hundred or whoever amongst the rest just left, I was just maybe for years an entertainer in the meetings or I was an aggravating in, uh, person in that meeting. It is sad that you go through such and such. Isn't it sad that I didn't go to the meeting and people didn't call me? Yes. Can I hear you? Yes. So did this church. Made that announcement over and over again that I'm not well. 
I might have to do surgery. Didn't I say that? And it's easy to point our finger at the meeting. But I was waiting for everyone to say that. But so did this church. Nobody called me to say, Pastor, what's happening? How are you feeling? Are you feeling better? Are you doing better? Okay. But it is important that we understand that. Now we hear and we see the gay people marching in Toronto and we condemn them. Well, over in your Bible, and you know, this is not what I even have in mind to talk about, but in Matthew chapter, uh, in Matthew's gospel, we've been looking a lot of Matthew's gospel recently. In Matthew chapter 10, uh, Jesus sent his disciples out to preach. He called his disciples, the 12 disciples, in verse chapter 10, verse 1, sent them out to preach. In verse Verse um, 5, he says, These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into the city of the Samaritans enter you not. He says, But go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I am not sent to the house of Israel, I'm sent to this church. And people that would listen to me, that are converted, those are the people I'm sent to. And he says, uh, when you go preach the kingdom of heaven, verse 7 is at hand. He says, I tell you what to preach. Preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Um, and he went on, he says, don't provide, verse 9, gold or silver or brass in your purse, nor script for your journey, neither two coats. He says, man, you're going out in the ministry, I will provide for you. He says, and into verse 11, whatsoever city or tongue you enter, inquire who in it is worthy, and there abide till you go thence. He says, find out if individuals in that city is worthy, and then you go there and abide until your job is done. He says, and if the house, everybody read with me, if the house, be worthy, let your peace come upon it. Now, he told them, don't take two coats, don't take money, don't take anything. To be, for that house to be worthy means that house will feed them. Whoever house they're entering in will give them place to sleep, lodging, and take care of their natural needs. Right? He says... But if the house be not worthy, let your peace return to you. He says, don't push yourself. If the house, if the people are not worthy and they will not be there for you, then let your peace return unto you. Whosoever shall not receive you nor hear your words, when you depart out of the city house or the house or the city, shake the dust off your feet. And, and he meant literally and spiritually. When you go to that city or that house and they are, they're not accepting you, go to the border and you're leaving the city, shake the dust. I want you to see my sketchers. Uh, shake the dust off your feet. You understand what I mean? And he says, now this is important because the self-righteous Christians today in this church, in other churches, in this fellowship, because it is Gay Pride Week, 
we got a lot to say. Because we are as far as we're concerned is a bad sin. Well, let's read it. He says, Verily I say unto you, when you shake the dust off your feet, verily I say unto you, it will be more, it will be less disastrous, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Now what I'm saying, worse than the sin of sodomy is rejection of a minister. So don't point your finger at anyone marching and says, you know, they're pervert. No, no, no. Point your finger in and says, am I standing with Brother Singh and listening to his messages and preaching the word and living the word he preaches? Do I live to please the doctrine he promotes? Do I live to follow the lifestyle he promotes? Because worse than the sin of sodomy is rejection of a minister. So while we are busy pointing our fingers outward, a worse sin might be sitting in our midst. Are you having your ears open? Now, the people out there, I don't know why they call it pride. Uh, <clears throat> they got their own reason. The devil was destroyed because of pride. His heart rebelled against God because he was lifted up because of his, the pride of his heart lifted him up. And it is strange because I'm not in Israel preaching to Israelites in the city. If this entire city was a godly city and God sent me as a prophet, I'll preach to the city. In the corners and the street, and that's what Jeremiah did, that's what Isaiah did, and that's what all the prophets did. God has not sent me to preach to everybody in the city. The city is like Egypt. I am living in the midst of Egypt, in the midst of evil. I can't change them. But like Brother Raleigh said today, be not confirmed to them, the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so my responsibility is to preach to a congregation and tell you how you need to live godly. Paul writes in, in uh, Philippians, in Philippians the... Uh, third chapter of Philippians, Paul is writing to the church at Philippi. Now, one of the good things for us is that Isaiah wrote to Israel, and some things might be applied to us. Jeremiah, his writings were to Israel, and some things might be applied to us. But when the Apostle Paul was writing, except the book of Hebrews, he was really writing to us Gentiles. Everybody say, us Gentiles. Amen. That's right. Uh, so we got a lot in that Paul is writing and telling us that we are Gentiles. And he said here in Philippians, the second chapter of Philippians, he says, my beloved, verse 12, as you have always obeyed, he's writing to Gentiles, people living in from Philippi. 
Wasn't Philippi the place where Paul was and Silas was whipped, were whipped? They were thrown in jail and they got whipped uh, because they cast demons out of a woman. And uh, not only Brother Singh has individuals that come and I don't like you or you're the man or something like that. But uh, Paul, when he was there, this girl comes around. I know who you are. And she's disturbing his services. And she comes the next day and she does the same thing. And Paul says, out of her, you demon. And she got normal. She was a fortune teller. Every genuine fortune teller is possessed. And when Paul cast the demons out of her, she can't tell fortune no more. So her boss, her owners, can make no money. So business got broke. And they took Paul and they cast Paul and Silas in prison and beat them. See, we talk about, oh, it's so hard to live for God. You don't even have the slightest clue what hard is in comparison to these men that went before us. And so Paul got whipped for a good deed in Philippi. But did he give up? No, a church was built in Philippi in spite of the opposition. And I hope to God a church would be built here in Mississauga in spite of the opposition. But a church is not the building. The church is made up of the people. We are the church. Are we a fickle church? Are we a vacillating church? Now I'm going to say that again. We are the church. You know a lot of times you preach on people... Like they're in the days. Now let's, that's why I say repeat. Repeat that everybody. We are the church. So when I say the church is fickle. Examine yourself quickly. Am I fickle? The church is vacillating. Find out if you got two choices and you're not sure which one to make. The third church is undependable. Find out if I can depend on you. Are you all following me here today? We are the church. Are you fickle? Are you faithful or fickle? Yes, I like that. Are you faithful or are you fickle? Confidence in an unfaithful friend, Solomon writes, is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. You got a bad shaky tooth, you can't chew on it. Every time you chew, you can't get the food that process. Well, if you're unfaithful, when Jesus returns, he'll say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Says Jan, we want to be an angel. She is a good angel right now. <clears throat> and I need to get back on the subject of the resurrection to tell you we're not gonna be angels. Celestial body does not mean angels. It means like the angels, but not the angels. All right? And so, getting back to the subject here, Paul is writing and he says here in verse 12, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, 
not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, because Paul was sort of barred sometimes from these cities that he went to. He says, work out your own salvation. See, salvation is not something hocus pocus, you got saved. No, Brother Raleigh was telling us, a good talk, Brother Raleigh. I don't know if you should still be a barber or a preacher. Marge is getting worried here now for a moment. But you know, you cannot save the ungodly people in this world. It's only the elect would be saved. This is not Israel where everybody's supposed to be saved. No, the blind people don't see. Egyptians don't see. And a lot of us that might be in here, we don't see. Because God must touch the eyes of our understanding. And Paul went on here. He says, we have not only obeyed in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. He says, work out your own salvation with the fear of God and trembling. I wish we had five people in the church that can work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. Because it's one thing for God to chastise you. It's another thing for you to know why he's chastising you and make some changes. Yes. Otherwise he keep on beating you. When Nadine was growing up. I stopped spanking her when she was six years old. In those in Guyana you can spank. And... I don't, I, did I ever spank you like, oh, honey? No. If I'm going to spank her, she got to feel it. So hit her on her head with a board? No. Then if I'm angry, I don't discipline. That's how we grew up. So if she does something wrong and she did something terrible one day, I mean terrible. I wouldn't even, can't even tell you. And when we came home, I said, you know, you told that gentleman a bad thing. And, and I'm going to have to discipline you. I'd have to correct you. I'd have to spank you. And she said, yes, that. And I went out and started beating her up. No. I said, I'll do it when I'm not angry. And so when I was settled down, I called her and I said, now, here is what you should not have done. You must learn to respect people. You must learn to respect your elders. So stretch your hand out. And I took a cane. And I said, stretch your hand out. And I give her two that she could feel in this hand and two on this hand I said now go cry go in the corner sit there and cry so she went she sat down and she cried and you know the amazing thing with this kid is not that she can only be faithful playing the band but when she was finished crying she came over to me and she said dad I'm so sorry can you please forgive me I said sure I can and that was the spirit that she had and you have to discipline and if I got to bash your head and bash your head and she go back and do the same thing and bash your head don't do that you know I only needed to say it one time I don't know about nowadays brother Hammond I don't know how we raise kids these days Back there, it was one time, and don't let me say it again. Today, you got to preach and 
Where are you saying it from the pulpit? Are you talking it in the home? You gotta preach the same thing over and over and the rebels continue to be rebels. One of the things I never did when I was growing up is cuddle criminals. I don't believe in doing that. I don't believe in taking a disobedient child and pampering it. One day I came home and the little TV we had, that time we didn't have much TV, was being, a wrong stuff was being looked in it. You remember what I did with it? Out the window, we were second story, second level. You, you can't watch the right thing. Here we go. Give me the TV. Gone. I believe in preaching a gospel. You can tell the agony I get every day when I preach to this church and people still continue to do what they want to do. But I've grown to the place that I preach the word of God and let God do the rest. And if he can't save you, I can. But talk about discipline. Talk about measuring out discipline. As a young man, by being a pupil teacher, I measured out discipline. We broke a cane every week in common entrance class. And when I when my class was on the platform, so when the cane is being used, the whole school is looking to me like a like a, a sadist, like a sadist is it, or sadist? A sadist, whatever, they look at me like this criminal guy. Guess who the kids love the most? The same man that will discipline them, they knew it had to be done. And if your head is so hard that you cannot get educated, you sit on the back bench. The back set of chairs, we don't spank you at all. But you're only disciplined because you can show better results. And did it work? Yes. In a country like Guyana, our scholarship uh, results was like sixth in the country. And we are out in the country. Discipline works. And I believe that's what God meant when he's chastising us. I mean, not even, I don't even know why he's being me. You see, as long as we have props, we would not focus on God. Even a doctor can only help you if God permits him to help you. Don't praise the doctor. Give him the credit that he is due, but give God the glory. Because unless he helps you, not a single doctor in this entire world can help you. So when God is disciplining his children, can we please learn why? And I wrote an article at the back there, it's called Ignoring Judgment, Ignoring Chastisement, Ignoring the Hand of God that's in your life. God is working something out in your life. Well, I mean, let me, let me, let me find out, let me examine myself. Oh, I come up with a hundred different reasons why God must chastise. No, 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 a hundred is too much. You've got to find out the reason why God is judging you. And it might be because you made a mistake that God is turning that around to chastise you. But do you hear? 
Does he speak once and twice and you're still not learning your lesson? Well, you see, the Bible gives us that choice. We either fall on the rock and be broken, or the rock falls on you and crush you. You either willingly give up your association with the ungodly, or he makes you so obnoxious that you don't want to even see the ungodly. God wins. In the end, he wins. So why are we in church? Uh, Paul went on here. He says, uh, for it is God, verse 13, it is God that's working in you both to make a right decision and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things and don't grumble. Do you like to grumble? Oh, God, you know, I got another pain. I don't know if Sister Polly grumbles, but um, when you're getting the chastening, you are allowed to grumble. However hard you want to die, however hard you said you want to die, die is dying is better than living. Yeah, but that's okay. Job wanted to die. Job cursed the day he was born. Because you're not getting the pain, the person getting the pain and the agony they feel like life is not worth the while. And this is not even what I'm planning to talk on. Hold your finger in, in Philippians, the third chapter. And give me another 10 minutes of your time. Uh, but in, let's see here, in, in Psalms, the sixth chapter of Psalms, uh, David, one of the most remarkable characters in the Bible. Uh, someone says, I want to be like David. No, you don't. Uh, David... He was chastened by God. Well, he sent Uriah the Hittite to go to the war so he can have Uriah's wife because she was already pregnant for him. The man was fighting a war. David, his wife, Uriah's wife was pregnant for David. And so, how can I make this thing go away? Let's get the man killed. And he told Joab, he says, send Uriah right up in front so you know they can kill him. And when news came back, Uriah is dead. David says, thank God. He can't spread my name. Listen, God saw it. And nobody gets away. And when David started to go through the problem, he said, God against thee only have I sinned and done this evil. Well, chapter 6, he says, O Lord, rebuke me not in thine anger. God is rebuking him. He says, don't rebuke me in my anger. And neither chasten me in your hot displeasure. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. He says, O God, heal me. For my bones are vexed. This is David. This is a man after God's own heart. This is a man who will awake in his likeness when he comes forth in the resurrection. But my friend, the process is not easy. Gold is never perfected by pampering it. It needs the fire. Do you ever had fire in your life? I get fire every so often. And he says, my soul is also vexed. And thou, O Lord, how long, how long am I going to suffer? 
That's why I want Sister Charity to testify here today. Because how long? She had a problem for years. And she has other problems. I mean, it's not done yet. She wants to be an angel, right? So we got to get the problems done. <laughs> right? You understand what I'm saying? And David says, how long have you gone through? Sister Polly, have you ever said, how long, Lord? <laughs> yeah. When you're suffering, you want it ended. And he goes on to say, return, O Lord. He felt like God not even listening to him. God has departed. He says, return, O Lord, deliver my soul and save me for your mercy's sake. You're a merciful God. Can you save me? He says, for in death, when I'm dead, I can't praise you, Lord. He felt death was knocking on his door. And he says, for in death there's no remembrance of thee. In the grave, who can give you thanks? He says, I'm weary. I'm weary with my own groanings. Not somebody else's groaning. All the night I make my bed to swim with tears, that is. I water my couch with my tears. Mine eyes have sunk in. You know, today when you're sick, what do you want to eat? Well, I want Chinese. When you really get chastised, you don't, you lose your appetite. When God is chastising you, your desire for food is gone. Your desire to be pampered is gone. And he says, mine eyes is consumed because of grief. He said, it waxeth old because of mine enemies. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. People come and tell him what he need to do, you know. Like, here, you got to do this. Do, do some human thing to get yourself sorted out. No. When you're going through a sickness or you're going through a problem, get on your knees and try to ask God, help me to understand what you're doing in my life and help me to make the changes so this thing does not come in another form. And when David was all done and God had worked all of this out, he was able to stand up the regular David. His eyes did not go in the sockets anymore. He was there. His face was rosy and nice because God had worked in his life. He says, against thee only have I sinned and done this, this terrible thing. Forgive me. Wash me, Father. And I shall be whiter than snow. And if you help me, Lord, when other people have the same problem, I'd help them also. So you and I, we finished this lesson back in Philippians, the third chapter, the second chapter. And Paul is writing, he says, do all things without murmuring and disputings. That you may be blameless. Now, here we are in Mississauga. In Toronto, they got pride parade. What do I do? Oh God, blow them up. No, no, no. <laughs> if there's to be any blowing up for the sin of sodomy or the sin worse than sodomy, we might have a blowing up in the church. I remember years ago, your mom, Sister Phillips, when we just bought this church, thieves broke in. Who steals from a church? Well, I stood up here one day and I'm trying to talk and they got a Radio Shack realistic amplifier in the back that's not even powerful. The microphone is realistic and I'm saying, God, this thing is whining and making noise. 
And you know what I said from this pulpit? What did I say from this pulpit? You remember, Brother John? You can't remember? Those are things you should remember. You remember, Brother Sam, what did I say? I said, may God send someone to steal that. And guess what? Not even two weeks after, thieves broke in and stole the radio shack. That was a blessing because we got a new insurance, give us a new APA system. And then Sister Phillips come to me. She said, Brother Singh, they steal from the church? I said, yes, Sister Phillips, they stole from the church. She said, you need to put electricity in all the, the doors and windows that when they come, they get shocked. I said, because they steal? She said, yes. I said, then we need all the pews to have electricity because people steal in the church from God more than the ones coming from the outside. And Paul writes here, he says, that you may be blameless. Everybody, verse 15, and we quit. That you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke from God, while you live in an ungodly city. This is not Jerusalem, my friend. This is not Israel. This is an ungodly nation. The ungodly will be ungodly. But I pray to God that the godly would maintain God in the church and in their lives. We cannot be contaminated with what goes on in the society. We've got to live for God as we live in the midst. Paul says, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom you shine as lights. He didn't tell them, blow up the nation. No, Ephesus would not be converted. He didn't go preach to Ephesus. He preached to the saints that God has chosen from out of the world. My responsibility is not Jeremiah's responsibility. Jeremiah the prophet was sent to Israel. Isaiah was sent to Israel. I am not sent to Israel. I'm sent to you. My job is to have you confirm not to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that I may present you blameless before the Lord. In the entire chapter 17 of John's gospel, Jesus prayed and he used the word world. Father, sanctify them from the world. Set them apart from the world. See, because the world, the spirit of the world was getting into contaminating his children. That is why when John writes one of the most beautiful, can I give you one more scripture? I got three minutes. Uh, in First in John chapter two, one last scripture, and I wouldn't charge you extra for this. In chapter two of John's epistle, First John chapter two, uh, John writes, and this is a popular one of my most popular scripture that I really, really like. He says, verse 15, 16, 17. Everybody, love not the world. Which world? Unless you understand what the world is, you might love it and don't even know. A lack of comprehension as to what the world is would not give you the sanctification that you need. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, that is the godly system, the ungodly system and the ungodly practices of the world. He says, if any man 
in the church or any woman in the church gets carried away with the things of this world. What are we talking about? Sunset? We're talking about the birds? No! We're talking about the ungodly practices in society. He says, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now you might say, I love God and I have the love of God. No, no, no. If you love the things of the world, and this is where a lot of people say, I don't worry about Desmond. That brother's saying, don't worry about him. Because if what the ungodly enjoys and have pleasure in, the children of God have pleasure in, you don't love the Father. That's what Scripture says. The love of the Father is not in Him. The love we talked about last week is not in you. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. And some people got, they're proud about nothing to be proud about. Pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. And this is the most beautiful part. Everybody read together now, loud and clear. And the world passeth away. And the lust that's in the world will also pass away. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Let's do the will of God and abide forever. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this another day in your house. We pray, O oh Lord, that you would help us to, Lord, be able to differentiate the world that you want us to not be a part of and be confirmed to the image of Christ, your Son, Father, that we can portray godliness and in the midst of the crooked and perverse nation, Father, we will shine as lights. Help us, we pray today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.